0: Hey! You put a nickname in here for me. Welcome to Millions of Screens, IndieWire's TV industry-focused podcast. I'm creative producer Leonardo, son of Cheerful Invention Garcia, joined via Zoom by TV awards editor Libby Trickster Godhill and TV deputy editor Ben Ben Travers. Those are our Slack nicknames, and boy, <laughs> is Ben just full of imagination. That's what they say about me.
1: That's the oh, most that appropriate. That's the most appropriate nickname you've ever had and it couldn't it it's the fact that you gave it to yourself is i
2: know well i mean uh, i could use then full of imagination drivers but that seems too on the nose it seems like you know this <laughs> is
1: the millions and millions of little screens. can't you shut up i'm busy boy what a great show
0: on today's episode we're visiting our streaming recommendations via another round of budgeting and we're bringing in special guest steve green IndieWire's special projects editor for an additional perspective. As we've mentioned previously, obviously there's a lot of awful shit going on in the world. The president today tweeted uh, that the man who was knocked on the back of his head is an Antifa super soldier or some insane shit. We're here to hopefully provide a respite from all all of the uh, uh, stuff going on in the world just to talk about TV. Skipping ahead to the clicker, our recap of the biggest news items this past week. I think it should come as no surprise that a lot of networks were sort of uh bearish on live uh cop reality shows uh last week there were announcements that cops would not air and then that live pd uh would be shelved for a couple months and then today we found out that the next season of cops is actually canceled
2: i mean i'd just say it's about time uh, as somebody who doesn't watch a lot of reality TV and definitely never watched cops or what's the other one?
1: Live PD. Live, Live PD. PD.
2: <laughs> Leo just said it. I already forgot the name of it. And like the, the problem with that is uh, the fact that I didn't watch it is just that these are extremely profitable shows. Like they've been on the air for a long amount of time. They cost very little and you know, they have a, a built in viewership. So the fact that that cops has been outright canceled by Paramount network marking the end of a 33-year run. As yeah, I forgot to
0: mention, 33 years. So wisely
2: ears. noted before we started. Uh, yeah, that's that's a significant step forward. Um, it definitely reflects kind of the perspective shift that's going on. Um, I don't think we should expect to see any narrative-scripted, profitable shows start to disappear in the same fashion, but I would expect to see them making certain accommodations within their storytelling to acknowledge some of the events that have transpired since they were originally on the air. So uh, that's, that's my main reaction right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it would have been a hard sell to bring back cops. Um, Like I am, I wouldn't be surprised if and when live PD is also uh, canned. It's just, um, it is definitely feeling like we are entering a new age of understanding about policing and um, and we aren't really going in for those narratives that automatically assume that the cops are heroes um, or uh, yeah heroes I think is the right word as opposed to the villains the good guys um, that's not that that's not a, a great narrative to, to try and sell right now and so I think no matter how cheap they are It's just not worth the public disgust to continue investing in them. So, I mean, good riddance is where I'm at.
0: Guys, Steve is here because we're doing our streaming budget picks. Yay! Like I mentioned in the open, we did this one of our very first episodes. I think it was around the time that uh, Apple and Disney Plus uh, had come out. Apple TV Plus, forgive me. We pulled some of the, of the rest of the staff. Uh, ben did a bunch of math for us. Uh,
2: some math. I did minimal math. Uh, I think we can start with our picks. They're fairly similar, uh, which you'll will be revealed at the bottom. And while you guys look over our picks right now, if you want to, we should yeah, mention that. I forgot what there, I picked. There are specific guidelines for the budgeting. Again, we're trying to do this with, somebody in mind who is trying to either add on streaming as an option or only stream. So it's kind of in between, like if you have a package, a cable package, a live TV package, whatever it is, or if you don't. So we set the budget around $40 Um, that allows you to get, I mean, you could get, you know, maybe five services if you really went cheap, but usually you get about three to four Um, that, you know, forces some hard decisions, forces you to really consider your hand. Um, And we do have some guidelines in place. For instance, uh, you can't say (laughs) that, well, I'm not going to include HBO in my budget because I'm using someone else's login. Like, if you don't include it, then
0: you don't get to watch it. So that forces, again, you to really consider things. I can't Um, say that I signed up for Disney Plus at launch for three years for an insanely cheap price, and I am paying what amounts to I think seventy cents a month for Disney Plus for the next three years. Right.
2: The the prices great. per month are the prices that we're using to gauge things. Like if you did that, great, you can factor that into your own personal budget. But you know, for everyone's purposes and and evening the playing field, that's a lot easier to do. So no discounts on pricing. Um, also, the same thing applies if you're if you're trying to argue that you're using a service for something else that it doesn't go in your budget that doesn't work like if you're getting amazon prime for the shipping that means you have the originals that means it's part of your streaming budget so that's in there as well um and you know we do have some some interesting odd spoiler picks when we get into the larger group but first and foremost everybody here picked which one guys would we all choose
0: hbo max hbo HBO Max. max
2: HBO Max. Uh, Steve, do you want to talk about why you chose HBO Max as our guest, as, as, our, as our educational, informed, wonderful guest to kick things off?
3: Of course. Uh, I, I think it, it's, it's a no-brainer when you have the HBO back catalog. That's kind of a given to start out with. Um, what I was impressed with at the HBO Max launch is just how many uh, film choices they have. Uh, and not just the, here are the popular movies that were released in the last five years that the algorithm said everybody will care about. Um, I, I, it's not like getting the Criterion Channel all by itself, but I do think that you get an impressive amount of films that were made before 1980. <laughs> the, the, the the collection of of movies on HBO Max is kind of similar to where Netflix streaming was at the very beginning. Where where it really did feel like you're getting a nice cross section of stuff not only from uh, from from art house but uh, there's there's a great selection of international films not just from Studio Ghibli um, and then to to have the added bonus of the greater Warner collection to have. Uh, Cartoon Network shows, to have Adult Swim shows, to have TBS and TNT shows on top of that. Um, I, I think as they continue to, to, to flesh out that back catalog, that's the collection that I think is kind of unimpeachably worth your price, uh, both for what's coming out right now and the, the library that it's amassed for it.
0: And you they get really Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Phillips, Joker.
2: It really can't go without the leftovers, is what I was going to say before Leo started trolling the group. Um, but yes, great explanation, Steve. We all love HBO Max mainly because of HBO. I feel, but we're going to dig into that whole new beast a little later on. Um, the other thing I noticed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Libby about this one. Three of four, three out of the four people here picked a certain bundle. Perhaps the mm-hmm. only bundle that's actually available on our streaming package list, uh, which is the Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus bundle. Now, Hulu comes with ads. ESPN Plus does not include ESPN Core, um, but it does have a great documentary slate. Uh, Libby, talk me through the bundle purchase and why you ended up going that way.
1: You know, I I have to say, like, I can't... I, I couldn't go without Disney Plus. I depend so heavily on... The Simpsons as background noise. And to that end, I figured, well, if I'm going to get Disney Plus, then it makes sense to get more for my money since it is only $6 more to get Hulu with ads and then ESPN Plus because I love me some 30 for 30. I like having that access to the extra ESPN stuff when there is sports on. Uh, I don't know about how good of an investment it is at this juncture, but. Um, I will say that choosing to bundle uh, breaks my heart wide open because I've, like, fully abandoned my boy in Hulu without ads, which has given me the best years of my life. Um, I don't know what I would do if I actually had to stick to a $40 budget. Um, I hate it. Uh, I hate this exercise, and I hate all of you so that was where i'm at
0: i mean i think libby libby speaks to like a big part of my decision making process which is disney plus has this just very narrow value for for me and probably for a lot of uh people who are picking it uh that it's it's the simpsons that you can just watch it whenever you want uh it's marvel if that's if the mc is your thing it's star wars if this if the star wars universe is your thing and while it may not have the most exciting new content, Mandalorian, possibly the only exception, but as we mentioned on this podcast, it'll eventually air on ABC at some point. The, the idea being that you, I really wanted to go HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu Plus, no ads, which is a perfect 40, but you want, you want Disney Plus? ESPN East, East Plus is just a nice to have. It comes in the yeah. bundle. If you're going to have Disney Plus, you can only get Disney Plus and Hulu if you forego Netflix HD or HBO Max, and it's very difficult to do away with those things.
2: As the person who cut Disney Plus, who was just like, I don't need it, I'm not worried about it, I will uh, just cite everything that Leo said is 100% true and 100% inapplicable to me. I don't, I don't need any of those things. That Disney, I don't need Marvel. I don't need Star Wars. I don't need it. I, and I love Star Wars, but I can, I mean, I don't need I, I'm waiting for Mandalorian to and ABC I'll DVR it and then I'll have it forever. I don't have to worry about it. Um, but the, the, the last thing that I thought was interesting about our picks and Steve and I talked a little bit about this before we got on was that all of us found a way to get Netflix in there as Leo uh, just alluded, uh, whether it's SD or HD except young Stephen Green. Uh, and Steve, I know that like in a, in a, in a less rambunctious version of yourself uh, you'd, probably slot in netflix but you chose something else why did you go with showtime
3: so I, I think this exercise is really important to really highlight the things that you don't want to live without um and i think especially over the last couple of months uh two of the shows that have really offered me a nice sense of calm and peace throughout all this are billions and Desus and Miro, Uh and when putting those up against some of the back catalog, Netflix stuff uh, that, that would be available as part of this bundle as part of this, whatever package we're putting together. Um, I, I think the, the Netflix shows that I enjoy are ones that I know I enjoy and that I've seen all of at this point. Um, I I'm, I'm not someone who uh, who watched a lot of, of Dexter at the time. Um, Ray Donovan's not necessarily my thing, but you know, you never know. Um, I think there's a a certain level of comfort that comes with Showtime programming, where you, you you know what you're getting, and for better or for worse, you just get a lot of it. Um, and so I think if you're looking for a service that will will give you something uh, dependable and something that you can you can binge and will just sort of be there when you want it to be, um, I think Showtime's not the worst pick. Um, I also love their documentary offerings. Uh, The Wu-Tang doc they did last year was one of my favorite shows. Um, Ben, I think you like Shangri-La a little bit more than I did, but uh, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there too. Um, And I I think if you're looking sort of towards the future, if you're looking at this as an investment, um, I really think that even more than Lord of the Rings, the upcoming Amazon TV show, I really do think that the only chance that we have going forward to get anywhere close to Game of Thrones level cultural saturation and just big spectacle TV is Halo. Uh, and, and who knows when or if that's ever gonna come, but I think if you're looking for something to sort of invest in now as sort of a, a, a nice balance between uh, back catalog, current airing, and sort of stuff of the future, um, I don't think Showtime's the worst pick.
0: Well, I also think Steve, that like- Steve, you are so wrong. I knew we would want to talk about the Witcher yeah we already have our new game of thrones it's the Witcher what is wrong with you Libby knew where I was going you're both both wrong
1: because I've watched all the babysitter club screeners and you're all going to be regretting not getting in on the ground floor because it (laughs) is that's
2: the new game of thrones I'm not I'm not
1: that lifted in March. That lifted in May. They're so hype on it.
2: No, no, no. They set a new. Uh, they set a new embargo for July. It's. it's...
1: I can't say it's good.
2: Can you say I it's mean, good? Well, this is the, this is the eternal question facing all journalists and critics. Most people think if they say so- if they say something good about it, then who cares about an embargo? But
0: Libby, you know, I just want was... you to go on the record. You're saying <laughs> that television has its new Game of Thrones, and it is the Babysitters Club. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. I will say Steve did bring up a good point, which is that when thinking of, the, thinking of each of the things you were picking, I did mentally say, what shows can't I do without, or, or can I do without? And I think, aside from the Amazon is an evil uh, empire of it all, the thing that I kept coming back to is I'd, I'd rather watch Watchmen than Mazel. not that those are similar. Uh, I'd rather watch Better Things than uh, homecoming, probably should have swapped those. But the, the idea being that, like, there's nothing on Prime that's, like, really driving me there to, like, watch. Uh, and then you get the added benefit of not supporting Jeff Bezos.
2: Well, and I, I think that that's something that's worth digging into as well because when you look at, when we when we pulled our, our IndieWire team uh, to kind of get some, some results, we saw some so certain commonalities. Uh, a lot of what we just went through on our part HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, they all did very, very well with everybody. Um, Netflix actually was chosen the most, uh, but HBO Max and Hulu weren't far behind. Uh, And in terms of Amazon Prime, only one person chose it, and it was the same person who prioritized uh, the Criterion channel as well in their streaming picks. And when you look at Amazon, um, obviously a lot of attention is given to their original series. Um, There are movies that were released in theaters have caught a lot of flack because, you know, they either, you know, died early deaths at the box office and didn't live up to their potential or were, you know, critically panned. Um, But in terms of their vast quantity of movies, they have a ton like they have they have so much stuff available on Amazon Prime Video uh i think just this morning i got a a link from a roku study or not a roku study a real good study study the app that helps you find stuff through different streaming services and they said that there were um 12,828 movies currently available on Amazon Prime and the next highest is Netflix with 3781. So 12 like almost 13,000 movies versus almost 4,000 movies is the next best. Like if you're looking for movies and you're looking for those consistently Amazon Prime might be something that you invest in.
0: Yeah, but do you really That's... need to watch Fletch 2? <laughs> no, one That's
1: has to watch you should, Fletch though. Too. It's like every time Every time I try and go, it feels like every time I try and go and watch a movie on Amazon Prime, which I have, I end up having to fucking pay for it. Mm-hmm. Like, if they sucker you in with 12,000 Fletch 2s, and then make you pay for whatever the most recent movie to be released is, which is obviously the best one. Well, I think that pensible. also goes
3: to the idea of, of are, you, are you trying to be comprehensive with these picks? or are you trying to give yourself the most options for if I'm already going to be spending this money, what am I getting? Um, and I, I think those, those can sort of be at odds with each other. You, I think some people are are going to want to, to sort of spread out their options so that they can have like a little bit of everything, or they're going to focus down on like, I know that buying this is the, the Disney plus idea that, that like, I know I'm paying this amount of money and this is what I'm getting.
2: Well, and, I think you spoke to this kind of when you were picking, when you're talking about Showtime a little bit, Steve, but the idea of, of locking yourself into a service for a long period of time isn't really what people should be focusing on. They should be focusing on what they need this month. So if you know that you're in a, like if you know there are movies on Amazon Prime that you want to watch and you know that you know the Netflix release for July doesn't look great, then cancel Netflix for a month and spend your budget on
0: amazon prime mm-hmm. and watch those movies no one right. acts like that no one acts like nobody that nobody does that. And
2: <laughs> the other idea is that people is that companies are starting to incentivize you to lock in for years at a time amazon prime has done this for a while disney offered yeah. the discount for people early on if you lock yourself into 12 months or, or a year long time then you're not going to be switching services and that's what they really don't want you to do but right now when a lot of options are still affordable on a monthly basis, now is the time to kind of look around and see what you're responding to so that you're not missing out on a Showtime or a Cinemax or an HBO or whatever it is um, that you maybe wouldn't consider before, before you start treating something like a utility, which is how Netflix has come to be so substantial in the first place.
3: I may be jumping ahead, but- is the idea of planning for the future something that we should even be doing right now, knowing that like the entire landscape could change in a year from now, next summer, we could have three new services that are competing for our attention. And a lot of them could be combinations of ones that are in this list that we're picking from already.
2: I mean, I would argue that now is the perfect time to be maybe not planning for the future in the sense that anything is a certainty, because when you're subscribing to any streaming service, unless it's like a bona fide original and you know that that thing is owned and licensed by that company and you know for whatever reason it would never leave the service all of these things are temporary all of them could be sold to somewhere else or could just be removed from the service for a few months and then put back on later on so you're not buying anything in perpetuity whereas if some of these services start to go away i mean now might be the only time to watch some of the originals that you really want to be able to see uh, so, like, if you're if you're really focused on seeing one thing or the other, now is the time to do it.
1: So, this wasn't written down, but I'm wondering, even though everyone picked HBO Max, I'm very curious as to what you're. If you could only have one streaming service, what streaming service would that be? Because my answer definitely...
0: I, I think I would probably pick HBO Max if I'm only picking one thing. For And it's a combination of library and new stuff.
3: No, I think they're just in the best position to offer you both. Um, and and I, I think, especially as somebody who uh, is constantly looking to fill in gaps in their education of pop culture, um there are a lot of sort of totemic hbo shows that i've never seen before and and it, so if you're going for one service um I, I don't know that i'm necessarily going to get netflix so i can catch up on Lilyhammer or <laughs> or all those seasons of house of cards that i never really caught up with um but i would absolutely get hbo max so that i could you know
1: yeah
2: and
3: mine would be hulu honestly um
1: me especially. too
2: yeah, yeah like like again this is the kind of thing that we were just talking about. It might change in a year because so much of the stuff that makes Hulu great is going to be disseminated to different outlets, especially as like, you know, when Peacock launches, uh, all of the NBC shows are going to be available through that service. They will still be on Hulu for, I think it's uh, probably at least the next year or two um, due to previous established licensing deals. But eventually, you know, that's going to change and things are going to separate. So maybe Hulu won't have the huge amount of new content that it does from all of the broadcast shows that, you know, I still keep up with. But even then, the Hulu originals are of such high quality and the FX programs that are now available next day are of such high quality. And FX back catalog is something that's not quite as deep as HBO's, but is still something that I haven't fully, you know, caught up on. Uh, that, there's a huge value there. And I think as Disney keeps of funneling things into that service it'll still be developed into a rich worthwhile investment you know like it'll, it'll still have if it doesn't have the same amount of content or the same content that it has now it will have content uh that's for very much for me very much with me in mind so i mean no, no one's wrong i think these are both good answers and they do mirror our wonderful chart like <laughs> the The interesting thing, again, like, this. sorry, not to backtrack, but the interesting thing really quick about what dominated was Disney Plus got a lot of votes. Like, a lot of people were subscribing to Disney Plus, but four of the six people who who chose Disney Plus did so... Because it was part of a bundle, so I don't know if Disney Plus is the driving factor, or if it's like, or if Hulu is the driving factor. Like, if they had to rank the value of those services, I don't think anybody's going to rank ESPN first, but I think a lot of people
0: would rank Hulu above Disney Plus. So, I, I mean, as someone who picked the bundle, I did it because you get both. Because my other option was not getting Hulu, and I was like, I'd rather have oh, Netflix. Now. I'd rather have Netflix SD and have Hulu. Um, Because for all the points you just said, like the the FX, I mean, it has my favorite show of 2020. And so it's like, I'm gonna... Better things. Devs. (laughs)
3: Normal people. High fidelity. (laughs) Everything's gonna be okay.
2: This is America.
3: Whoa. (laughs) I don't know that Peacock is necessarily going to move the needle uh, that much, even with the, like, back catalog they theoretically will have. Um, but I do think whatever whatever comes out, whatever Frankenstein that Viacom puts together, um, I, I think that, I think for the same reasons, I think we may have underestimated uh, whatever a Warner media streaming service would have been a year and a half ago. I think we're, we're kind of similarly underestimating whatever a Viacom service would be.
0: There's a world where whatever that, that is, will rival HBO Max as like an instantaneous yes, potentially.
3: I think there are obvious obvious parallels. You know, uh, Disney Plus has Star Wars as one of its main pillars. And I think a Viacom service would easily sell themselves on like, look, you got all the Star Treks in one place. Um, and, And I know for... Uh, I, I, <laughs> in my budget, I had $1 left over, and my one thought was, I wish I could use this to just buy the Michelle and Robert King channel so I could watch Evil, Good <laughs> and, and Good Wife. Uh, and, and so to have, to have a, a place where you'd not only have all the Showtime stuff, uh, you'd have all of the, the CBS stuff, CBS and CBS All Access, uh, and then whatever whatever movies they could get the rights to as part of that, uh, I think that''s that 's an amazing foundation to build on
2: yeah i think I think they 'll have a hard time with the core of it i think I think the idea that CBS All Access is writing right now by just developing more and more Star Treks and you know selling as many of those Star Treks as possible, and then investing in quality content like what the Kings are producing is great. Um, but they don't have quite the the hub that HBO is so like whatever this already announced in the works will be hitting soon Viacom CBS streaming entity is the revamped CBS all access. Um, I think it'll definitely be a force, but I think there's some there's some both some lessons they can learn from the HBO max launch and some things that they may not be able to replicate
1: I mean I, I work in this industry as a TV professional and if you told me that let's call it Viacom Max, Viacom Plus is coming, I would have n- literally no idea what was going to air on that streaming service. And I, I have to imagine that if I polled my family, none of them would have a better
3: idea. So.
0: Every episode of Detroiters. And that's why... And that's why I'm signing up.
3: <laughs> I mean, honestly, that, that, that Comedy Central back catalog that really is, is hard to, ex, to access right now. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got like my, two of my personal favorites, Review and Nathan for You, and then something like Corporate, which like you can't really watch that right now because like the Comedy Central streaming laws are so draconian. Um, yeah. It would be nice to know that all of that is in one place.
2: Well, I, I think that that's, again, that's such a great, idea in theory and if they could hawk it as look we've got all the comedy central stuff that would be great except they can't because they won't have south park like they they won't have some like some of the most iconic things established with certain channels because they've already sold it because it's more valuable to sell it whenever they did uh to another service and like that's the hard part about looking too far into the future because you know if the cbs service proves valuable enough to them long term then whenever that south park deal ends, they're gonna bring it back into their own, but if if the service doesn't work out, they're gonna sell it again. So it's it's hard to tell exactly where things are going to go. And, you know, we're preemptive on this to begin with, because we're recording this the same day Mad Men left Netflix and we have no idea where that's going. We have no idea what service if Apple T V Plus had Mad Men tomorrow, would you spend the five dollars a month on it? Maybe. Maybe
1: you would.
0: I uh, I'm with Steve. Uh, the idea like you could get every season of Real World Road Rules Challenge oh. uh the showtime that Steve chose as a as a as a solitary option if you could mix all of that into one that's Rivals HBO Max and and then and then the next thing is just you buy HBO Max, you buy Viacom Plus and boom, that's all you need. It's like no. uh, the <laughs> no.
2: it's like it's like Dexter versus The Sopranos and Weeds versus The Wire. Like, what are we talking about here? Oh,
0: I don't. No, no. <laughs> I said God. the challenge. Did you guys not hear me say the challenge?
3: <laughs> and and Sorry. if you got CBS All that. Access, you get uh, season one of One Dollar, uh, which uh, I sincerely uh, think is a very underrated show from the last few years, and I hope that. Uh, if if this whatever behemoth comes together, um, I hope that finds a second life because that was really good.
0: Uh, ben, this was not on your list of topics, but I just want to say, what was the hardest thing for each of you guys not to choose? Uh, Libby, I know your answer is Hulu no ads. <laughs> yeah, mine would be. It's so much you don't because understand. Your, your, your favorite son, Hulu no ads. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. we talked about
2: it like it was your it was your parent or. Partner. it's
1: like i am like i'm straight up there will be blood i abandoned my boy like that's that's how i feel about it i think it
2: would be amazon prime probably um if only because of the, the shipping <laughs> <laughs> no I, I honestly like it's 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 the quantity that does appeal to me
3: and there are originals that i like to keep up with but um, uh, uh, I, I, think, I tried to find a way to put BritBox in there. Uh, I, I, I think that that if you're, especially if you are, if you're looking at this opportunity to sort of expand your horizons and and to to kind of try new things that you haven't before, uh, I think that's a great place to start. Uh, I think it's got a lot of different options that um, that that are similar enough to shows that you might be familiar with. Um, it, it's it's like if if a uh, if a recommendation algorithm was just like its own separate <laughs> service, uh, and 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 I think a lot of those uh, those those shows from across the pond, um, it's not that they're necessarily knockoff versions of things you already know. Um, it's just I, th- I think approaching some of those stories from a fundamentally different angle is just more interesting.
1: From the east.
3: Yeah, I think.
1: <laughs> I will say that I have gotten my parents a BritBox subscription for the last two years. And uh, the most annoying thing is they, they find things and they love it. And then they're like, where are the next five seasons? And I'm like, it's not streaming anywhere, but uh, yeah, highly recommend.
3: I, I, uh. I, think, I think the thing that really sells BritBox for me is uh, just all the panel shows. Um, that's I've written about it on the site that I love the idea of panel shows. And I wish that there were more, In the U.S. and so, uh, if you're looking for something to kind of scratch that itch, uh, Brickbox literally has something called panel channel, where it's just it's just. just...
0: How much money do you
1: have left over? I can't think of a single panel channel.
3: You you only (laughs) had a a dollar left over. I have one dollar
0: left over. I have three dollars left over. I'll give you those three (laughs) dollars. Anyone else have any extra money to get to Steve? So get-
1: I have three bucks. I have three bucks I'll give you, Steve.
3: I just want to watch Doing QI. The they took it off Hulu, and I just want to watch QI again. That's all I want. Uh, I think I mentioned this before
0: we started recording, but I have to say that we set the budget at the perfect amount, because all that anyone really wants to do is pick the three highest things, which cost $41. You want You want Netflix? Everyone leaves
1: Disappointed.
0: You want Netflix HD, you want HBO Max, and you want the bundle. Disagree. You want HBO Max, <laughs> Netflix HD, and Hulu without ads, then you're good. You have 40 right on the dot. What What is the $5 property you find the most value in? So the $5 options, you have Apple TV+, ESPN+, Peacock with ads, PBS Passport, and Quibi. What is PBS Passport. the most valuable $5 option?
1: PBS Passport, because you will be able to stream current season of great British Breakoff, off whenever it is. And uh, all the rest of the money goes to educational PBS programming. So I don't know about value, but it's the right choice. Ben. Oh, you're going to have to do it. Oh, I can't wait to hear him say it.
0: (laughs) He's going to say say it. I'm literally
2: looking at the what's offered for the Peacock $5 library. And you get the full seasons of Peacock Originals, next day access to current seasons of NBC shows, early access to late night talk shows, and like some sports programming, but not all the sports programming. Um, But like I would get the Olympics still, and I get classic shows. (laughs)
1: Not
2: <laughs> good. Ooh, I yeah. I I gotta go. I'd go peacock. Oh wait,
1: peacock's on there. Yeah, oh, I peacock.
2: peacock. Peacock with ads. ads. I'm,
1: mm.
2: Steve. Fine. Yeah, I, I can't I, believe I, peacock with no ads is twice the amount of peacock with ads. I'm sorry. I'm just going. Uh, it's 10 right. bucks. I, I guess that's fine.
3: I I like Libby and Ben are both correct. I would go with either of those. Um, I will just take this opportunity to say that if your $5 went to Apple TV+, Plus, you could watch uh, Trying and Dickinson, uh, which, like, right now are just, like, soothing, just happy, just shows that, that bring me a lot of joy. So, that's...
0: Man, I love how wrong Steve is all the time. Why is he not always on the podcast? <laughs> like, this yeah. makes sense? Why don't we... Have- he has the hot takes that are so hot. Steve's
3: is I'm, just, I'm just using this like only opportunity that I have at, at the millions of screen audience to just like throw out recommendations left and right.
2: But his attitude is correct in the sense that like thinking of it as as you're just spending $5, you might only spend it for one month. And if you can get two full seasons of, of good shows for $5, that's cheaper than renting one shitty movie on iTunes. So like do it, like do that. You don't have to spend it for the whole year. You can cancel it. And so far, that's the best thing to do with Apple. Like, just wait until there's, like, five shows that you really want to watch, which could be a year from now. I don't know. But, like, wait until that happens and then spend the five bucks and then get the fuck out.
0: Right now, spend $5 on ESPN Plus and watch all the 30 for 30s. We, di- we didn't really touch on HBO Max before. Let's t- talk about it now. Guys, HBO Max has been around for now a month. What are your guys' impressions? Obviously, Steve, as someone who uses a Roku... Uh, you have some issues, <laughs> but uh, w- what are some of the highlights and the lowlights? Ben, do you do you want to talk about the things that you enjoy about HBO Max? I mean, for me, the the, interest- the most
2: interesting question comes down to what is HBO Max without HBO? And we'll never have to worry about that. But so far, the reason that I have HBO Max is because I had HBO now, and I get a little bit more from it. I've been watching the Studio Ghibli movies, and I'm very happy that I've been I'm been able to do that. Um, but otherwise I've been fairly disappointed with the, the service as a whole. I like the functionality. I like some of the small things like um, on HBO now, it, and it was terrible at, about tracking what I was watching. So like I was watching the Sopranos and every time I had to go into the Sopranos, like search for it, find it, go to the season, go to the episode, click on the episode. And this one, like most things keeps you in the continue watching section on the homepage. So you could just keep going. Um, so like that's those little improvements are nice, but I was really expecting more of the Warner media current library to be available. And the fact that, you know, Snowpiercer isn't available for people to watch on HBO max just seems insane to me. I don't understand that idea at all. And uh, even something small that could give the, the service new content on a regular basis, like True TV's uh, "At Home with Amy Sedaris, which I love and would love for more people to see. It's great that the old seasons are on there, but why isn't the new season available the next day? That just seems nuts for me. So a lot of it comes back to, you know, it's it, we like it because HBO remains intact, and there's been some small additions that are nice. But I just feel like the 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 real possibilities within the service haven't been maxed out yet, if you will.
0: Libby. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's imperfect. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's as big of a clusterfuck as it was suggested that it would be heading in. Um, but that's because my HBO max works. So I can't say the same for everyone's who doesn't. It is extremely annoying. It's not available on Roku. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it's fine. It's, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, it's nice to have it, but it's a little bit like upgrading your cable package. Like, you know, you have more stuff there, but you already have so much stuff. It's kind of hard to, to wade through it. That's my sophisticated review of HBO Max. Well, they, I mean,
2: the accessibility thing is a big problem. Like, Steve, you should talk about it with the Roku, but, like, I really yeah. was, as somebody who doesn't use a Roku, I was so surprised to learn just how many people are reliant on that technology so then that many people not having access to the service, it's not a problem with the service itself, but it is a problem with there being a successful launch. So,
3: right. yeah, it, it would be the service that I would probably use most. Um, I, I've spent the last couple of weeks building up a very... A very long queue of of old shows that I've never seen before, and 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 films that I've never seen before. Uh, I would, I I, I really want to watch Princess Mononoke on like through Roku on HBO Max, and uh, at this point I can't. Um, but I, but I do think that that if and when that does get solved, um, I, I like like Ben. I I do like the functionality of it. Um, I do like that it. Um, uh, I do like that it has. The, the similar HBO Go interface that I'm used to using. And just as a as, a, as an A-B test on my phone, um, when I was uh, catching up with some stuff for White Snacks Problem Areas, a uh, show that anyone who's listening uh, would enrich your life, if you have not seen already, uh, it loaded faster on HBO Max's phone app than it did on the HBO Go app. So I think it's designed to to work faster and and to just be sleeker and more efficient. Uh, It's just a matter of when that pops up on the service that millions of people already use to stream through their TVs.
0: Uh, We didn't give Steve a a nickname at the top of the show, but he should be Steve Green, the recommendation machine because woo boy, (laughs) is he throwing out things you should watch uh and Leo's and I, just I ignoring say, all of would, them
2: it's like bad take hot take bad take, bad take.
0: <laughs> no i want to watch all the shows he's talking about it's mostly his other opinions that are bad he's also the first person to ever mention ray donovan on this podcast <laughs> Probably the last no. person. <laughs> anyway,
3: we'll sorry. have Dana on sometime. If we're talking about HBO Max, Trigonometry, uh, a show that they did not uh, advertise very much, uh, but w- but is technically, I think, an HBO Max original. Um, so so shame. yeah, uh, if you're looking for something to add to your queue through HBO Max, if you can stream it through your TV, uh, add that one too. Yeah,
0: Do you remember get to cancel your Quibi
3: free, free sign-up? <laughs> That's the- <laughs>
0: I nearly brought that up when Ben was talking about all the, like, switch every month and get the best every month. And I was like, I would end up paying $200 <laughs> a month. I'm I'm signed up for everything. I got, I got Netflix, SD, and HD, and the 4K. I messed up. Signed up for three Netflix accounts. His little old little Seinfeld rant. Even though Ben specifically said, do not pick Quibi as your hardest sell, Quibi was picked <laughs> by three people. Right. So it's a lot.
1: Right. So it's—is it dead?
0: No. Apparently, there's a show that Steve's excited about. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Paul Pell. Paul Pell Paul Of course, wrote, there is. Writing and starring in it. Claire Scanlon directed it. She directed, set it up in the Kimmy Schmidt movie.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna read this outro. I haven't read. I uh, have the page break, here we go. Millions of Screens is a production of the Penske Media Corporation, IndieWire. Our theme music features excerpts of the classic YouTube video, Bjork Talking About TV, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Our Editor-in-Chief is Dana Harris-Brightson, our publisher is James Israel, and our executive editor is Ann Donahue. Our favorite TV shows about war, our Band of Brothers, The Pacific, and Morning Wars, the Australian-Indonesian title of the Apple TV plus drama, The Morning Show. Our Millions of Screens War TV endorsement is the Community Paintball episodes. What the fuck, Ben?
2: <laughs> I thought we'd use the term streaming wars more than we ended up doing.
0: <laughs> <know> That's we <laughs> that a extreme. weird thing. I was like I was like, why are we talking about war? You can find us on Twitter at a million screens at Midwest Spitfire at Ben T Travers at Steve Bruin. And I'm at Leo Andrew Garcia. You can also find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. So leave a review and let us know what you think. If it's good, we might read it on the air. And if it's bad, we'll try our best to delete it from the internet. This is Ben, Libby, Steve, and Leo. Remind you as always that you shouldn't let poets lie to you. You
1: shouldn't let poets
0: lie to you. Ain't nothing wrong with a couple of cold brews and a cool podcast.
1: <laughs>